0: It's crazy to think that the Rolling Stones have just set out on their 60th anniversary tour. That's 60 years. 1962. If you go back, that was a crazy year for our country and our world. And it just shows you the amount of sustained greatness the Rolling Stones have been able to do over the many decades that they've been together. We've talked about the Rolling Stones before. We're going to revisit them again as their European tour kicks off. You want to come inside and check this one out because there's a lot of really good information. We talk about the importance of sustained greatness, what it takes to be great, and what it takes to continue to do amazing things, loving what you do, well into your late 70s and beyond. You're going to love this episode. Let's hit it with the Rolling Stones.
1: Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Hey
0: everyone, DT, and welcome to another Full Throttle Thursday. I got David here with me, and today we are talking about the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones, man. We're back. Yeah, we've done a podcast on the Stones before because we know how much you love them. Yep. We've done a recent podcast called Age is Just a Number, which is very apropos yep. because the Rolling Stones are, are getting up there in age, but they're still continuing to rock out. So we figured this would be a great opportunity for us to have a conversation. Since the Rolling Stones are starting their 60 60- 60th anniversary tour, uh, June 1st. So by the time this drops, they will have had their first show in Spain and they're doing a whole European tour. How cool is that? That's amazing. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's, That's get, amazing. let's dive right and in. Which
1: I imagine will run into the summer of next year to be the 60 tour for the United. I can't imagine yeah. them just dropping 60 there. Maybe, I don't know, and ending it, but I, I don't, I don't see that they're They'll do that unless somebody dies. Come, they have to
0: come stateside here. They do they have to come to the. Well, they were US. here last summer. Yeah, and you were and you were at that show. Yeah. Like so normally,
1: normally they go uh, like they'll do uh, the United States, and then they'll do Europe, and then they'll do um, uh, uh, Central America. That whole thing, and so they switch back and forth. But I, I got, I have to think that they got to celebrate sixty here in the United States. Yeah, to some degree. I would think so
0: they better get over here. I mean, they're I mean, it, it's it's impressive when you think of the longevity and like I said before we've talked about this, but the longevity that they've had. I was having a conversation with our media producers this morning about this, and it's just amazing to think about all the different variations of musical genres that yeah. have taken place over the years in the Rolling Stones. To me, and, and this may be just my untrained ear, because you know I was a little late to the Rolling Stones game. I was a little bit right. too young when they came out. Obviously, I wasn't born until the early seventies. I didn't start listening to music yeah. until the mid eighties. Right, and that,
1: and they were on their hiatus they, in right. the mid eighties, exactly. right? So you so think they, they weren't prominent for me? Yeah. It was
0: you know hair bands like Motley Crue oh, and yeah. Poison, and then it was the grunge scene with Nirvana and Pearl Jam. But if you think about, so the Stones were formed in sixty two. They had to survive the folk era they had to survive the the um you know the the disco <laughs> the disco era they they've gone through they so many
1: do you know that they had one of the largest selling disco hits really yeah no kid I had no idea yeah oh yeah that's fast. Yeah. so they, they, they kind of adapted a little bit look it up look up look up Rolling Stones disco song
0: Rolling Stones disco song. It's,
1: I, it may be the it may be the the largest disco miss you special yeah. disco
0: version nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. Okay. Did the Rolling Stones do a disco song? Yes, they did. They did. They did. The Stones created their disco song while Keith was away from the band facing drug possession in Canada. Yeah. There you go. I had no idea. So they were actually a part of the disco scene as well. But it just just goes to show you that as long as you stay true to their vision, because they really haven't changed much over the years, they've just seemed to sort of play the same type of music, but they elevate their craft each and every time out. I think it's impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that they're, if you go back to their roots, they were, uh, they were blues guys. They just love the blues. And that was when the blues and country was turning into rock and roll in the United States. You know, you had Elvis and Chuck Berry and all that. I mean, that was, those were their heroes, along with like Muddy Waters and them guys. Um, and they're their first albums, if you go back to their their original albums, they were basically trying to be Muddy Waters and you know Howlin' Wolf and and all of that. That's what they were sure. were totally into, and it took a few years, but they they worked into their own, you know, creating their own interpretation of that music, and that's which is the Stones that we love today. And and what's interesting is that they've been a band four years longer than I've been on this planet. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that is. No, nobody's it? ever done this before. No. And I'm actually, you know, if it wasn't that the world was in such chaos, I bet that the news coverage of this would be enormous. I mean, sure. it, is, uh, it is an unbelievable accomplishment it's for, on so many levels. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's unprecedented. You're, you've never, we've never seen anything like this before, a band being able to do what they're doing. And it's not like they're just going out there and sort of mailing in their shows either. Oh, From no. what you said when you saw them here in Charlotte last summer, they were, you know, Mick was running around like yeah. he was in his 20s. Yeah. Like he has not changed. His fitness is there. Those guys are still up there wailing and playing and, and doing what they do best. And then you see other acts who are, you know, well into, you know, their 70s, who you go to their show and they're sitting on a, a stool, and they're playing their songs, and it's nostalgic. It's beautiful, but it's not the same high octane energy that the Rolling Stones. It's amazing.
1: Ama- it, like if you when you're when you're at a live show, I mean, it's it's definitely if you were pull show from let's say their seventy two tour nineteen seventy two tour, and you look at them today, it's obvious Mick has slowed down. But the fact that he's moving for the entire show and in a dancing rhythm, not just standing there at, at a microphone. Is phenomenal, and in 2019 he had a heart valve replaced. Yeah, right. Crazy. We remember that, yeah. right? That his the 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 tour got put on on hold right. until he had the heart valve done, and then he had to get back in shape, and then went right back out on the road. Yeah right after that.
0: It's, it's so amazing. Speaking of which, and I've never been to a Rolling Stones concert before, what kind of crowd do you have there? Do you have like the old guys and the old ladies who are wearing like the shirts from 1972 World yeah, Tour? Yeah, sure. You have that kind it's a mix. Crowd? It's a Is mix. A mix?
1: There's, a, there's everything from kids to people that are their age at those concerts. Okay. And they pack those arenas. Yeah. 40, 50, 60, 70,000 people. When I was at, um, uh, what's the stadium in Denver?
0: Oh, the, the football stadium, the Mile, like Mile High Stadium? Is yeah, Mile called? High yeah. Stadium.
1: A few years back, I went to see them there. Oh, you saw them there. And okay. it was, they were completely sold out. It was wow. it was fascinating that that many people, people were flying in from around the world to see them there in Denver. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: I bet it just sounded amazing. And that's such a beautiful location. You got the mountains on one side, you got the prairie on the other. It's And, and if you've never seen a concert in a like outdoor stadium, whether it be a football stadium or a baseball stadium. I remember when we saw the Eagles, the Eagles for the first time for right. me up in Philadelphia at their baseball God, park so good. and just being able to see all those thousands and thousands of people stuffed into an area and just hearing the way the sound just echoed around. And, and not just from the band, but also from the people singing along and the, the cell phone flashlights going in the distance. I think it's just such an, and then you got the sun going down behind the stage. Yeah. You're Outdoors. I mean, if you get a chance, definitely go see a large stadium type concert. In your lifetime, if you haven't already, I mean it's so crazy. Um, but one of the things that I really wanted to talk about today was just to kind of get a sense of you know what the Rolling Stones you know sort of and we've we've discussed this before what it means to you, but you know from a mindset perspective here, and I'm going to kind of twist it to the successful mind here for a moment. These guys have been together for sixty years, and yeah. I know they've lost some of their some of their members along the way, and they recently lost another member in 2021. One of the originals, one of the originals, Charlie, which Charlie is, Watts, which has always got to be difficult, but how do people stick together for that long and not disband or break up or just end up shitting and destroying all over the relationship? Because you hear about this a lot of time, especially in rock and roll. You've got such strong egos. There's gotta be something holding them together. And you've read all of their biographies yeah. and you've studied them all. What yeah. is it that helps them stay together?
1: I think I think it's the maturity over the years, right? So I think it is a I think it is them looking at um, who they are what what they mean to the world what they mean to culture they they all have agreed especially Mick and Keith because they're they're the two that's where the magic where happens start, between yeah. those two guys right and then uh, they of course they've had their differences over the years and you know some of it was was pretty. Um, public, you know, the, the the differences and their own individual issues, right? Sure. So but I but what from what I've read and which me seems to make total sense to me is that each one of them in their own way, including Ronnie because Ronnie didn't show up into the band till 1975, um, have had experience with other bands. Keith on time, during time off, Keith uh, plays with the Winos, and you know they do some other stuff. Mickel go do things with other people, but one of the things that they know is that their their massive success, their magic, is when they're together. There is something that, that happens there that they don't experience sure. anyplace else. So it probably. Not probably. It did kind of start out as a family environment, right? Mick and Keith grew up together. They've known each other since they were in their single digits. That's amazing, you know. And then they get together in their teenage years, and it's kind of like a brother uh, type situation. But as they mature, the brother thing kind of goes away, and it becomes more of a more of a partner. They they it's a I think it's a a relationship of mutual respect. Uh, versus the emotional turmoil of a family, you know? I think they went through all of that, and they came out on the other side, and they're like, what do we want to do with this? You know, this could go up in a in a ball of flames, or we could do the thing that we love and do it in the most amazing way that nobody else can do together. And the fact that they were all able to do that, they they... They get, they all got in harmony with the with the core tenet of they loved what they did, right? We all know it's not about money. These guys are unbelievably wealthy. And it always I always get to it, always kills me when somebody says, Why are they still doing it? They don't need the money. They're not working at something that they don't like. They absolutely love what they do. And I heard I heard Keith talk about this a couple of years ago when every because every year when they go on tour, this conversation comes up. Why are you still doing it? Blah, blah, blah. And he said that, you know, they've been on the road for, this was a few years ago, they've been on the road for 50 years. And he goes, when I'm at home, I start to get stir crazy. He's like, we go home, we take our break that we have to take. We do our, our family things. And then it's like, one of us calls, the other and goes, it's time to get back on, on the road. You know, they, it is it's who they are at sure. this point it's it's not something that they just do being musicians is who they are and and their company is the stones that's you know so that's that's what it is yeah, it, it, yeah. it it's it's hard to get across you know when people when people work jobs and they only go to work because of the money and they do something that they don't really love to do it's hard for somebody like that to um, really understand when somebody loves the work that they do, and as long as they can do it, why would they stop? Why would they stop? Yeah, it would make no sense for them to stop. I right. mean,
0: and also, if they stopped, they would probably stop for good, meaning they probably wouldn't be around much longer because no, you've seen wouldn't. this happen before. Right. Like, people, when they flame out, when they, their passion's gone, they have nothing else to look forward to, they just kind of give up and say, I've had a good life and I'm, I'm done. They do.
1: And, and it, it's obvious that millions and millions of people around the world enjoy them to, to no end. You know, when they did, when Cuba opened up a few years back and they went, they were the first rock and roll band to go play Cuba. They had over a million people at that concert. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Right.
1: They had, they had a, they had a couple million when they played Brazil. I mean, Keith talked about that the crowd went so far back that they could not see the end of where the crowd was. And they had to literally figure out how to time the music with the vocals depending on where uh, um, where Mick was versus where the band was. And they're playing things. They're ahead of where the people in the back are actually hearing them. Like right. it's a wild problem yeah, to have. Yeah, sure. But I, I try to go every year that they come to the States, and every year they're sold out instantly. Right. I mean, it, it, the tickets go draw. so damn fast. Yeah, they
0: still draw. I mean, yeah. Huge draw. Yeah, and I love that you brought up Cuba. They also played in China as well, and yeah. then they also were the first band to play in post-communist Russia. There you go. So when you want to open up a new country, you know, uh, you bring in stones the Stones. In. They just bring the Stones yeah. in. It's, it's just fascinating. Um, one of the things that I think is, is so interesting about the Stones is, you know, they were formed in 1962, and they basically were formed the same time as the Beatles started their rise, right? So in all the research that you've done, because the Beatles, their first uh, song, Love Me Do, came out in 1962, and that was the first single that the Beatles ever released, which was the year that, that the Stones were formed. In their... In your research or watching or listening or reading, did they talk about the chip that they had on their shoulder? Is there a chip? Was that something that was created? No, by they the were media? actually friends. They, it was okay. cre- yeah, they were
1: actually very close friends. I wondered about that. The what what happened was was that they had to they had to create a persona. They couldn't be the next Beatles. So they became the antithesis to the Beatles, right? So you had the Beatles was the family-friendly band, and the Stones was you wouldn't let your daughter sleep with her or, or sure, marry yeah. a, a Rolling a little, Stone, a right? They were ugly and grimy, and yeah. they, they didn't wear the suits with the, the, the ties edge. that the Beatles did. They had the edge. And then they they, you know, Keith says, my fans created my persona. And he said, it, and he said, and it's my job to live up to it, right? So, that's but that's really what it, I mean, that's really what it is. They be, they became the antithesis. But if you read life, if you read Keith Richards' book, they talk about how they would, uh, like Keith and John would talk to, John Lennon would talk to each other and they would talk about, okay, when is your single going out? And then we'll wait and put our single out next. Who's done in the studio first? Like they were, they were very good friends. And Keith and John were very close.
0: Yeah, sure. It's it's more of a collaborative. I think that's the, beauty of you know like creatives being around other creatives and you speak in your teachings often about there really is no competition I mean really if you think about it there's plenty to go around for everybody but the media tends to want to hold on to that and I think it's cool that behind the scenes these guys were actually quite friendly and they said well we're dropping this single give us a little bit of time we'll drop this one so we're not competing against one another there there's enough pie to go around they were
1: creating from what turned them on not what not to like beat their their latest song, right? They never did that. They never were like, "Okay, we had this top 10 hit. We got to put out another top 10 hit. The record companies would want that." But they would always go do the thing that they wanted to do. They played what they wanted to play, not what anybody else thought that they should play. Yeah. It was not about trying to create chart-toppers and that that band has probably m- I mean, it's it's arguable that they have probably more songs that they have created that are the backdrop of people's lives growing up from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and even to now than any other band. I sure. mean, well, nobody's done it this long. Right. So, I mean, and they keep creating new music on top of it. It's not top 10 stuff, but it, it I mean, their their catalog is enormous. Yeah.
0: Sure. And if you start watching, you know, if you watch enough television, watch enough movies, it seems like you can't scroll through a, a show without hearing some sort of a right. Rolling Stones song playing in the background or an end Credit scene or something along yeah. those lines. I was just watching an old episode of, of Entourage the other day and <laughs> uh, one of them showed up and I just love when they play those, those old deep cuts from the, uh, I shouldn't call them deep cuts, they were hits back in the day. Uh, one thing that's fascinating about them forming in 1962 and likening it to what's going on In 2022, is it was a very interesting year for our country. I'm just going to rattle off a few little things I found here. Listen to this. These all these all took place the same year the Rolling Stones were formed in 1962. So uh, John Glenn became the first American to orbit the Earth. So he was the first in 1962. Uh, The world mourns the death of actress Marilyn Monroe who was found dead in her home of okay. what was believed to be an overdose of sleeping pills. Uh, Nelson Mandela was arrested and later given a life sentence, of which he served 27 years in prison until he was released in 1990. That's a pivotal sort of time in that whole movement yeah. with Nelson Mandela. The very first James Bond film was released in 1960. Is that right? 19- Sean Connery, no, Dr. No. no. Yeah, very first. There's 25 of them now, but that was the very first. Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. I'm sure people have heard of that. Uh, that took place <laughs> in 1962. I already mentioned the Beatles, Love Me Do. Their first single was released. Uh, we There was also some tumultuous times around race in our country. Uh, there was some rioting that took place in the University of Mississippi following uh, a black student named James Meredith was attempting to That's enroll right. there in yeah. 1962. Uh, the Space Needle in Seattle, Washington is completed in 1962. We've been up there a few we've times. We've been up there a yeah. few times. Pretty cool there. Um, an oral polo, polio vaccine is introduced and given to millions of children to fight Salt. the disease. yeah. Isn't that interesting as well? So that sort of mirrors what happened with the whole COVID outbreak that happened. In other words, uh, there was a lot going on in 62. A lot going on. I didn't even mention that Spider-Man made his first appearance in a comic book. Uh, (laughs) I didn't mention that the very first Walmart opened, the very first Kmart opened, the very first Motel 6 opened, and we were a mere four years away from from the momentous birth of one David Nagel. Who would yeah. grow up to be a mega Stones fan? Yeah, mega isn't that Stones crazy? Fan. 1962 was insane. Yeah, like when you think about it, and then because people will say, "Well, it's so much, it's so different nowadays. Everything's so crazy." You go back in the day, there was so much, just as much crazy stuff. It, it's never right. been not crazy, right? It's never so been when you crazy. go through that list, it really is shocking. And the Stones continue to make yeah. music. Yeah, well, I mean, just throughout.
1: breaking down the 60s and the 70s. I mean, it's just one crazy thing after another. But yeah. you know, it, it's it's really interesting and and we all we did you're right we saw this in the Eagles too but you go to these concerts and you just and you look at the fans you can see the adoration like the memories right it's taking people back to very poignant times in their life that's associated with that music and I think that that's very important um, you know it may not be important 10 years 20 years from now but the people that grew up during that time, sure. That music is still very important to those people. It's it's important to me. I love listening, and I and I'm a lover of all kinds of music, right? right? It's it's not just like the Stones, but um, it, I think it's just absolutely fascinating that they can continue to do something in a way where it's not looked at or mocked, but it is deeply appreciated and loved by people all over the world. To the yeah. I mean, everywhere they go, it's just amazing the the amount of people that actually come out to see them. So it it tells you that there's a relevance there that most people don't think of. Because the Stones are not, you know, in the 70s and stuff, with one of them always getting busted for drugs or, you know, whatever, they were headline news constantly. Well, you don't even hear about them now unless they're on tour and somebody says something to you. But then you go to the show and you see, holy shit, Look at how many friggin' people are here. And, and you know, the thing is, is they probably could sell three, four nights out. Sure. Uh, uh, I mean, they don't. They don't do that anymore. But they, yeah. it's obvious that they could.
0: Well, and I love that you bring up, you know, when you go to those shows and you look around and you see what it means to the people that are in that audience. You yes. know that feeling you get when the hair on the back of your neck stands up, when you hear a song... You know, music has this amazing ability to just transport you to a place unlike any place or any other thing can really do that. I mean, smells can do that and sounds can do that. But there's something about the music. You actually know where you were the first time you heard it or who you were with or what you were doing. And it just instantly brings you back. Like we are time travelers when you think about it. And most of that time travel happens around the music that is being played. Over the course of the weekend, we uh, this is a throwback here. We had a chance to get away for um, a weekend and we were camping up in the North Georgia mountains and we happened to stop by a drive-in movie theater. So that's first and foremost. They're still out there, people. Find your local drive-in movie theater. Was this a reopened one? This was this was a I think it's been original. around for, original been Is around for right? a very long time and they were showing The new Top Gun movie that came out. Oh, yeah. So the new Top Gun 2 came out and they were showing a first run movie. It just dropped a few days before and they have it on the big screen here at this drive in movie theater. So we get there and they're playing what I eventually, because whenever I go to a place and I hear like really good music, I'll go up and ask the person, like, hey, what playlist are you using? What platform are you using? Is this Pandora? Is this Spotify? Is this Apple Music? Whatever it might be. And he told me it was Top Gun Radio on Pandora. So I immediately went and started listening to that because every Every single song was taking me back to those mid to late 80s, Is that right? early 90s. It was just, it was a lot of... Uh, was the movie know, good? The movie was outstanding. I mean, it was... I, here's the thing. It's probably going to get shredded by some of the younger audience because it's. it's they don't make movies like that anymore. It's it's very much a nod to the original yeah. Um, that took place in 1986. I mean, that was 36 years ago, but it very much did a lot of those subtle little nods that if you remember the first one, you're going to see a lot of that in the second one. But the fact that Tom Cruise, another sustained greatness individual, yeah. is still doing his own stunts. And, and for me, the fascinating part about that film is the way they shot the fighter pilot scenes because those are real, real fighter pilots. And this was really cool. One of the Blue Angels who flew Tom Cruise in these sort of missions uh-huh. was at the drive-in movie theater. He had about 30 of his family. They all had on Top Gun hats, and he they introduced him at the beginning of this drive-in no movie shit. Theater, And he was like the real-life blue angel who did wow. some flying with Tom Cruise. But it, it was really super cool. But all that to say, it brings you to a place, like the, the hair on my arms is you standing up thinking about that. Yeah, the goosies come out when you see people in their element. And that's probably why I got shushed by that gentleman at the Eagles concert oh in Philadelphia. God.
1: Oh, my I think, God. I think
0: because... I didn't grow up with the Eagles. I heard them, but I I wasn't like rabbit And they were playing an older song that I wasn't really into or whatever. And I was having a conversation with Steph. And that guy turned around and told me to basically shut my mouth. Because yeah, you I pissed,
1: was, him I pissed, was him pissed. pissed him off. Because, I
0: pissed him off. And I thought my original reaction was, you know, dude, chill out. But then I was like, you know what? Maybe that was a little bit rude. It'd be like me starting to talk during the national anthem, you know, right. or Yeah, people like that. are
1: going there to hear it. And if they Absolutely. can't... Well, if you remember we went to the Seeger concert, that guy that was screaming right behind yes. us, like... It was so disruptive yes. to the show because he was so loud right. that he you couldn't enjoy what you were there to listen to. Yeah. I think people get carried away. It's so like true. That. So
0: I, I probably should have watched myself in that regard. But yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's <laughs> cool to look at and see the people and how they're enjoying it. And the Stones, again, like I said, sustained greatness. I mean, how are they able to do it? this many years in and just continue to keep going. I guess you mentioned it earlier. It's just all about the passion and the, the brotherhood and they're it, it, better off on the road. And than preparation.
1: Aren't. I mean, I yeah. just read an article Saturday or Sunday and a new interview with Mick and he's talking about his workout routine that he's doing six, seven days a week in order to be able to perform. And he's, this year is like the first year that he actually admitted that it's getting a little bit difficult to do that. A couple of years ago, he was in an interview and they asked him, you know, how's your body holding out? Are you finding that it's difficult to get up and walk and, you know, thin things that a lot of older people experience. And he's like, I haven't experienced that yet. But apparently this year, He's starting to experience it. And his attitude is, it has to be done. It just has to be done. They have an unbelievable work ethic when it comes to the dedication of what they do. So you have the principle that they love what they do, and they're also committed to putting on a good show. It's not like they're just going to fuck off, and then, oh, at some point they're going to do a show, and you're kind of like, they're really not prepared, and they're rusty or whatever. They really work at, at putting out an amazing show. I mean, you get your money's worth when you go to a show one of their shows.
0: Yeah, I can see them not not quitting anytime soon. I could see them continuing to move forward and I feel like if their performances start to drop in their mind they'll walk away. I mean, they want to go yeah. out as close to on top as possible. It reminds me of the greats like, you know, Michael Jordan who came back after retiring for the second time and he played with the Washington Wizards. He still performed at a very high level, but he knew that he was probably starting to be done. I want to go out. You don't want to see those old guys right. be pushed out and right. just, just just quit that way.
1: I, I mean, the way Keith said, he said, they said, well, he can't quit till he croaks. So I think what you're going to see here is either one of the two, uh, Mick or Keith, either becomes too, too old, you know, like they, they're, they become too, dis- they, they can't function. They can't actually do it anymore or one of them dies and, and that'll be the end right. probably.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that'll be a very sad day. We already felt that. And the well, thing I is, is, say.
1: you know, we never know when that's coming. Right. So if you want to go see him, you better go while you, you know, while you can. I mean, I even considered going uh, to, to Europe this, this year, but my schedule was just too packed to do it. So I'm kind of hoping that the, the tour carries over. Um, Oh
0: man, I would have loved, I was looking at their lineup and they are playing a show uh, in the next week. In uh, Liverpool at Anfield, yeah. where the Liverpool Football Club plays, which is it was just my team, and it would be so cool to see because Liverpool, of course, is the birthplace of the Beatles, and you know, being there in that space in that hallowed ground, just hearing them yeah. play, that would be definitely worth worth the trip. So, for the people who have lasted this long, who may not be Stones fans, and they're like, okay, um, you know, what can I learn from the Rolling Stones? I think that I'd like to sort of start winding down this episode by what can a person who maybe has no interest in the rolling stones what can you learn from what these guys have been doing for the last 60 years
1: so i think there's some uh, very important points one do what you love because it's not work when i mean it's it's it is i mean life has its hardships as it is but when you get up and do what you love every day uh, it makes everything else easier in life right because there's nothing worse then getting up in the morning and going, holy shit, I can't believe I have to do this again. This really sucks. Like to get up with that kind of an attitude is is horrible. The other thing is I think that they've done something tremendous for people who are getting older, you know, when they're in the last uh, phase of their life and they're proving that they can still do the thing that they're, that they, you know, society wants to put... I mean, I think every generation, it gets a little bit older when we're putting people on a shelf. It used to be in in the in your 50s, they would put you on the shelf. You were done in your 50s, and then it was the 60s. And now it's 70s, and now we have people going into their 80s. Like you, we talked about the runner a, a few weeks back, right? right? So I think that it's, impor- it, it's important humanity sees this and it changes the paradigm in our mind of what's possible. So I think that there'll be a lot of people that look at it that are getting up in age and going, you know something? If these guys can keep going, doing the thing that they love, so can I. Because a lot of it is the mindset around because you're getting older, you should. And they're like, no, we, we're we going to do what we want to do. We There is no should. If we can still do it, why not do it? Yeah. Why not do Why it? Why not?
0: Yeah, there's no yeah. reason to stop. No absolutely. reason. All right, last question here. I'm going to put you on the Well,
1: spot. one more thing. Okay. One more thing with that.
0: Okay.
1: I learned something, uh, and you've heard me talk about this, especially with Keith, but Mick is the same way. And, and I can't really speak for Charlie or uh, for Ronnie, but the, one of the one of the things that I think is absolutely amazing for the longevity of those two guys is they they're completely accept themselves. They love who they are as human beings, regardless. And they've done what they've lived their life on their own. These are you know the way that they wanted to. The drugs, the sex, the the scandals, all of that. Um, Not one of them would change anything. They absolutely loved those times of their lives. And I think that that a person, a person, they have the ability to go longer and farther when they accept themselves because they don't think that their body becomes an excuse for them to stop right? I think the body becomes an excuse to stop what a person really wants to stop. But it's, it's rare that you see people accept themselves the way that those two guys did, especially Keith.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Okay. So putting you on the spot here, this is probably unfair. It's like asking you who your favorite of your children are. You can't answer the question, but if you were to pick your top three Rolling stone songs in any particular order is there any songs that jump out at you that say those are the three that if I had to listen to those three songs for the rest of my life those are the ones that I would do
1: my top three eh do yeah. you well first let me ask you this do you have do you have one
0: <clears throat> yeah so I really enjoy I think it's called uh, sympathy for the devil yep Sympathy I love for that the devil song. I love that song I love the I love paint it black. I love that sort of, you know, bluesy, sort of edgy, sort of dark and mysterious song. Um, and I think the other one would probably be uh, maybe Give Me Shelter. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, my, me too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, what is the actual let's hang on a second here.
0: and I love Jumpin' Jack Flash but they made a movie called yeah. Jumpin' Jack Flash and I love yeah. that song and I had no idea that yep. it was a Rolling Stone song until I yeah. watched it back I love know. all
1: three of those yeah, totally. and why is this hang on a second keep this is a, what's that one ah uh, hell hang on deep cuts yeah, we don't want to do a, <laughs> we don't want to have a, uh, an issue.
0: That's exactly right. Um, I played exactly nine seconds of that
1: song. That's great. So, yeah, I would say I would. Say, you can't always get what you want. Oh, I love, I, I love that. that. I mean, I it just goes on and on. I was looking at, because I, I have a Stones playlist, but I'm having a little bit of trouble with, let's see here. Uh, I love Street Fighting Man, Get Off of My Cloud, mm-hmm. Jumpin' Jack Flash, yes. uh, Start Me Up. We'll I mean, it just, me they up. start the show with that. That, with won't that get song. that you revved
0: up. I bet the crowd goes bananas. Satisfaction. When that
1: comes up. Yes. I love Satisfaction. Um, I love Miss You. Uh, let's see here. Gimme Shelter is right up there. Midnight Rambler. Yep. Uh, I love Monkey Man. You can't always get what you want. I, I could I, I just keep going on and, and on. Brown Sugar. I don't have a top of Angie. Yeah. And there's a lot of contrast. So, do you know that brown they pulled that from the set list I a couple years ago? I did hear that. They did. Yeah. Because of all the. It's, it's a very sensitive topic right. right now, right? So they pulled it from the set list, but it is an amazing song. Yeah, it is. It is such an amazing song. Yeah,
0: it is. So, it's so cool. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's difficult for you to pick any one song. So I'm glad you just uh, were able to share with us. And, you know, congrats to the Stones for starting their 60th anniversary tour. They're out on the road right now. They're going to be predominantly uh, actually all throughout Europe. They're not in the States yet, but hopefully, uh, God willing, they'll be here in 2023, and we'll be able to take advantage of that and maybe see them.
1: And as far as albums go, I'm a big Exile on Main Street fan. It's such an amazing album.
0: So there you go. People Such an should, amazing album. You should start listening to that right now. Yeah. That's good.
1: I like it. Well, Do this it. has
0: been so fun. Love the hat. Didn't even call out the hat. For those on YouTube, you got to check out this hat. I mean, this Rolling Stones guy. Right I had here to bring my geek. I had to bring my stuff. Heck yeah. You got the swagged boot. This has been really fun. Thanks, David.
1: Yep. All right. All right.
0: All right, everybody. Well, if you're a Rolling Stones fan or not, I hope you got a lot of good intel out of that one. We were all over the map, and that's kind of the fun part about Full Throttle Thursdays. Do us a favor. Leave us a comment down below. Let us know what your favorite Rolling Stones song is, or maybe if you're not a big Stones fan, let us know what type of music you like to listen to, and maybe pop us a recommendation down below on what we should be listening to back when you were growing up. We've got people who listen to this podcast who are in their teens all the way up into their 80s and 90s. So let us know what you're listening to and we'll start building out our own playlists on this end. Once again, thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to smash that like button down below, ring that bell so you don't miss any of this amazing content and we'll see you on the next Successful Mind Podcast. Go jam out to some tunes. All right, all right.